Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal self-sabotage so you can double your income, reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now, and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. My guest today is Gillian McMichael, a passionate teacher, healer, coach and author with 20 years experience in helping others navigate their journey to self-discovery and professional fulfillment. Years of deepening her awareness through various certifications has earned her the highly coveted title of Master Coach, a title held by the top 2% of coaches globally. As the founder of Full Circle Global, Gillian offers specialized professional development programs to aspiring and existing coaches. She has created a portfolio of enriching life development programs for those seeking transformative life changes, combining the practices of Ayurveda, meditation, yoga, Reiki healing, chakra clearing, and mantra rituals to bring about healing, happiness, and wholeness. Julia's book, Coming Home, A Guide to Being Your True Self, takes readers on a journey of self-discovery using her own experience of transformational change to demonstrate the powerful effect of forgiving yourself and breaking free of past conditioning. She takes you step by step through each stage of a self-healing process to help you return meaning and purpose to your life and agency to your true self. In this conversation, we talk about discovering your true purpose, finding inner peace and becoming your highest self and the secret of shifting from suffering to self-love. Let's dive in. Hi, Gillian. I'm so happy to have you on the show. We have so much to discuss, but first, can you tell our listeners a bit more about you, what you do and your story, how you came to this work? I've been coaching now for 20 years and I've coached over 10,000 people over those 20 years and I've worked through lots of different training courses and everything to become an ICF master coach. Now, I, before that, I was in human resources and learning and development, and I did that for 12 years, but it was something that I always felt quite passionate about, but I didn't really know too much about. But when I realized what coaching entailed, especially transformational coaching, then that's when I really felt I'd come home and this was the perfect job for me. But alongside that, over the last 10 years, I've worked and invested on my own development a little bit further. So as well as being a coach, kind of a, a transformational master coach. I also do wellness coaching. On the back of that as well, I am a meditation and mindfulness teacher, yoga teacher, and Ayurvedic teacher and Reiki master as well. So do a lot of mixture of one-to-one stuff and group group work around health, wellness, and transforming, helping people transform their lives for the better. Oh, that sounds amazing. And a lot of our listeners 
they are multi-passionate, so mm-hmm. they like to do different things. And I heard you say that, again, you love yoga, Reiki, coaching, uh-huh. Ayurveda. So when you first started to find your way, did all this passion confuse you or did you know exactly how to use them to help people? I think because I'd experienced meditation myself first, I knew what it felt like for me. And so I think that was quite easy to make that transition then to become, obviously I needed to train to become a teacher, but once I became a teacher, I knew how to then integrate that into my practice as a coach and into my work as a trainer and so forth. So I felt that was quite a natural progression. And I have to be honest, I would say that looking at what I've done I would say that they've all been introduced to me as a concept. And then I've done a little bit of research and I thought, oh, yes, that sounds right. And that sounds good for me. And so so that's been the way that I have followed it is more intuitively, more than anything else. We always tend to, we often tend to rationalize things and go with what is most logical and that can often be fire. So you are saying that you are following your intuitions. Was that hard to, to learn to trust yourself at the beginning? How can someone that is not in tune with their intuition start following this path? And the key thing is, is about learning to listen to yourself at a deeper level. And I think it's very difficult, isn't it? Because like me and like many, we have so many thoughts all the time that we're constantly in our heads. And I think that's really not where our intuition lies. Our intuition lies within our gut, within our belly. And I feel for me that to be able to listen to that place, you need to strip away some of the thoughts that you're having or try to at least calm the thoughts down. But once you get there and once you start thinking more about, well, who am I and what do I want and what's my purpose in life? And you can answer some of these bigger questions, then you naturally, there is a natural connection there more with that deeper in tune sense of self. And I suppose really one of the things to ask yourself for the listeners who might find it more difficult would be to, instead of asking, what do you think and what do you feel to go to, what do you know about yourself? And that can be a really good introduction to listening and using your intuition more. That is a very powerful question. What do you know? It's one that I use myself when I am really confused and it really brings a lot of clarity. Mm -hmm. I know you've written a book that is all about coming home, a guide to being your true self. And it covers a lot of these things that we are discussing now. So what would you say is the first step? Again, for someone that is still confused and still doesn't know what their path is, what is the first step? Trying to find your purpose in life is really important because as human beings, we all need to know where we're heading. We might not know how we get there, but I think if we have a destination in mind, it can be really helpful. At times that can be quite difficult for people because if we feel stuck or a little bit lost, it is very difficult to be able to see where you want to go and what you want to do. And so one of the ways to break it down to be really manageable and easy is to really start to take baby steps and most probably be more realistic in your expectations of self and and where you want to get to. That's not to say don't be ambitious, don't be aspirational, because that's very important as well. But I think realistically, that's where we would need to start. So for me, first thing would be to most probably draw down on what comes most probably naturally to you. So your natural gifts, your talents, your strengths, Those are the things that would be starting points. So what am I good at? What are the things that other people see in me? 
and then write a list of all those things. And then think about it and think, well, can I use these gifts and talents every day? Can I actually do this within my work or within my family or within my community? And if you can, then think about, well, well, actually, how can I use these and how can I use them more? Because the Gallup organization and many other kind of research institutes have proven that when you apply and live and work within your strengths and your innate gifts and talents, then we would find that you make I don't know, easy connections, things start to flow a little bit more and life just doesn't seem to feel as hard or as difficult. And so it's really important to think about, well, where can I, what can I, what can I utilize within myself? And and also how can I maybe share that with others as well? You're making a really good point. I believe we have these strengths for a reason and it's so that we can use them to help other people with them. And I don't know if it's the same for you, but I work with women that they often come to me and say I have no idea what my purpose is or what I'm meant to do with my life and then in the session they blurt it out in passing and and then it's followed by lots of reasons why they can't do that why it's not realistic why it's not possible what are the biggest obstacles, even for someone that knows deep down what the purpose is, to actually take those first steps to pursue that? And how can they overcome this? Because if yeah. you have those gifts, I believe it's your duty to actually share them with the world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think the first thing is, I mean, fear is a very interesting one, isn't it? Because fear does hold us, keep us in those kind of holding patterns and, and fear can actually paralyze us from moving forward. And so I think the first thing to understand is, well, what's, you know, if anything is blocking and stopping you, what is that about? Because we're all frightened of different things. Is it fear of failure, fear of success? fear of what will people think? Will I be liked? Will I be accepted? You know, and so I think we've got to understand, first of all, what what our fear is about or what's maybe stopping us, what's getting in the way. And a lot of that is self-limiting beliefs, negative mindsets, patterns of behavior, conditioning, all of those things that we've had all of our lives. And, And also we might not be as confident because we think we have to play a role or we think we have to do a particular thing. And My view on that is that if we can have the courage to really truly look at ourselves in the mirror and and look for a good long time, not just a a fleeting glance, but if we can look at ourselves and think, okay, right, do I really need that label? Do I need to, do I need to still have the same belief systems that I did when I was 12 or 13 years old? Do I, you know, even five years old, can I now as an adult create my own beliefs and my own values around what I want and how I want to be living my life? And the answer is, well, yes, I can, is to then understand, well, what is it that I'm frightened of? Because fear deep down only resides in the mind. It doesn't actually reside anywhere else. And we are the custodians of that fear. So we can dial that fear up or we can turn that fear down. We can turn the volume down on fear. Now, fear most probably won't go away because it will always be there just to remind us that it's there most probably. But what we need to do is understand, well, why is it here? And what is it about? And then you have to decide, well, is that a reality or is that a perception? Because a lot of the time it's fear is just a perception. It's people won't like me if I change or if, I, if I'm if i going to take this new job, will I be good enough at it and get the imposter syndrome? But it's only ourselves that are giving ourselves those labels most of the time. We get so 
overpowered by emotions that yeah. we tend to forget that even fear as a purpose, but it's not necessarily the truth. Sometimes it can point us into understanding potential pitfalls so you yeah. can avoid them, but not uh, allowing the fear to overpower you and believe the story because it's a story that if you're going to pursue that, the world is going to come crashing down on you. <laughs> you're also talking about labels, talking about identity and one thing that I teach that I experience myself is that it's not just enough to do the the master work and limiting beliefs, but really it's about mm-hmm. who do you need to become? Yes. Be mm-hmm. the person who can fulfill your purpose, changing your identity yep. to match the purpose and the goals that you want to achieve. So can you share more about how your identity can affect how you show up and how it can sabotage you or help you in reaching your goals and fulfilling your purpose? I would agree that yes, they can (laughs) stop us from doing things. Our identity is very interesting because our identity is something that we have been given from the moment that we're born. We're born into a family or a dynamic that kind of more or less dictates on how we should behave and what we should think and what our values are, what our belief systems are. Now that's normal because that's what's expected as being infants into childhood. But around eight years old, we start to question things in between eight and 10 years old, we start to question and start to form our own judgments and our own rationalizations around things. But as we grow into adulthood, sometimes those labels or those, that identity is so strong that we sometimes feel that we can't break away from it. And we get stuck in that, well, I can't do this, or I can't do that. And we become very much caught up, I would say, in our emotional drama about the reasons as to why we can't. And that then does become that mindset, which is the scarcity mindset rather than the abundant mindset. And when you have that kind of scarcity in mindset, then you genuinely don't believe you can do very much. That doesn't necessarily have to be the case because it is at the end of the day, a mindset. And so what we want to do is when, when I'm working with my clients is what we try to do is look at ways of, well, how can, how can you help yourself to empower yourself? So I give the person the power of choice and the power of decision-making because we all have the power of choice. We sometimes feel that we don't have a choice, but actually we, we all have choice. Now, some of that, those choices might mean that we might need to consider how we're living our lives, consider our careers, our relationships. It might even kind of go down to let's looking at what's working for me versus what's not working for me very well. But what we've got to do is to really understand, well, do those labels or do those, does that identity really make with who I am as a person today? So instead of just going back to the familiar of what we know, then there is an opportunity for us to say, well, this is the identity that I've been carrying around with me, but actually it's not working for me. And these are the reasons why, which requires a little bit of, well, requires quite a lot of introspection. Other people would say doing the inner work, but it does require reflection and a really kind of, and I suppose posing yourself some serious questions, or at least maybe even work with a coach to help you 
unpack some of that stuff so that you can decide, well, what is it that I want to keep versus what is it that I want to let go of? And then you can let go of those identities, especially, or that identity, especially if it's not working well for you. And it's giving you pain, heartache, frustration, disappointment in life. We don't have to be that way. We can choose to see. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at a snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of self-sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends, and my partner, they wouldn't love me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months. And my loved one didn't leave me. If you two are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and they're afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious, it's like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you are going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know deep down that healing those limiting beliefs 
and all stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief that sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you, so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial location and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today. things differently. I love that you mentioned the power of choice. One of my coaches says, you may not like your choices, but you always have a choice. Exactly. And sometimes we are so addicted to suffering because when we... Absolutely. Because we get a lot of attention, right? When things are not going right, we are in pain. And also this idea, like growing up in Italy, I was very much raised with the belief that even though you don't like where you are in life right now, even though you may be struggling, you may be unhappy, it's very risky to live what you know, even if it doesn't work, to pursue something new that may give you better results, but there's no guarantee, right? So for someone that has that mindset... And they think, oh, better the devil I know to try something new. What would you recommend for them? It's interesting because as human beings, we are quite, we are creatures of habit. We like to be in our comfort zones. We like to go back to what we're familiar with. And we have to break it down into small chunks. Realistically, that's the only way to do this is, is any level of change. You are always going to hit coming out of your comfort zone into that stretch. And then before you know it, fear will kick in because it's going into the unknown territory. So I think the only way to do that is to break it down and to say, right, what can I do this month or what can I do this week that is going to get me one step closer? More than anything is just managing expectations, appreciating that it's a journey and that actually a quick fix is most probably not going to work. And therefore, it's that longer journey and it's the learning along the way that will get or help you have that transformation. It won't be just the necessary achievement of the goal at the end of the process. So I don't know if that's answered your questions, but I would just say most probably break it down into very manageable chunks, understand what your fear is, and then try something new something that is going to get you closer to your goal and do it within reason. Don't overwhelm yourself, but do it gently step by step. And the only other thing I would say is don't forget to be compassionate to yourself. So give yourself some kindness and some love and some self-care because change is difficult. Change takes commitment. Change will does for sure take us out of our comfort zones. But on the other side of that, there is great reward 
but what we can find ourselves doing is being critical, like we're not getting there quick enough, or I'm no good at this, I can't do this. And, you know, life again, that story, that narrative can become very overwhelming for us. And the only way to do that is keep going back to what do I know about myself? Why am I doing this? What's the purpose of me doing this? And try and keep yourself more in that rational mindset rather than the emotional mindset. Answers my question perfectly. When we want to make a change, whether it is to leave your job or improve a relationship, improving your health, whatever it is, it can feel such a big, huge change that you don't even know where to start and you can feel so overwhelming. So when your brain focuses on the present, when you are in that present step, then you're not worrying too much about the future. Hearing you talk about compassion and self-love, when we have these narratives in our minds of, oh, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, that really does not come from a place of self-love at all. And I think we are actually taught from a young age not to love ourselves. So can you talk more about this? Now we can go from suffering and self-hate to starting Mm -hmm. to loving ourselves because that is the foundation to actually making those changes. It is, it is. And I would agree with that. I would call this more like befriending yourself. So becoming your best friend because we are very judgmental. We can be very critical of ourselves and when we're critical and judgmental of ourselves are really hard on ourselves then it means that we're going to be like that with other people too and so it's interesting because I do a lot of meditation through the Vedic which is the ancient Indian philosophy of meditation one of their kind of goals for life is is around self-love and kindness and I forget that actually we do need to be kind to ourselves now I suppose when we move from I'm not good enough I'm not worthy I'm no good. Even comments like you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, God, you look awful or God, you look tired. And you comment on your appearance or your clothes or your hair or your face and how tired you look or just your energy levels. There's this saying, isn't there, that, you know, say you believe and what you believe you become. And I think we, part of that learning to love ourselves is learning how to communicate effectively with ourselves. So you might not wake up in the morning and go, wow, you look amazing. But you might, instead of saying, gosh, you look awful, you would just maybe just make no comments rather than make any comment. And you would start to, over time, to change, definitely not say the things that they say to themselves to a friend. They would be much kinder to a best friend and they would be much more compassionate and caring to a best friend. But we don't necessarily do that for ourselves. And I think that's why we need to learn to befriend ourselves, to become our own best friend. Because at the end of the day, we need to be our own cheerleader in life. Yes, we'll get support from other people, but it has to come from within. And so trying to remove some of that negative language will actually have an impact on those negative thoughts. And so the more you communicate better about yourself, the less negative thoughts you will have about yourself and the less stuck in that pattern of hatred or frustration or disappointment with self. And instead you'll start to be more positive and have a a more kind of, yeah, maybe a more abundant mindset because you're appreciating and accepting. And I suppose one of the key themes is that when we look at real deep transformational change. There are two things, the three things really for me is one is self-love 
But to do that, you have to you have to forgive yourself and you have to accept yourself for self-love to be present. Wow, that is <laughs> that is really powerful. I am curious to know about the other two kids, but also I would like to delve deeper into forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Because at least I know for me, before I did the inner work on myself, I was so focused on blaming other people yeah. and mm-hmm. that is this to me. And it really was a big shift when I started looking inwards and looking at the ways that I let some things happen. I did not use my voice sometimes. I did not respect my own boundaries and forgiving myself for that. So can you talk more about about this, about forgiving yourself? Yeah, of course. And I think you're right. It's quite hard, actually. And that's one thing that I've been working on myself over the over the last decade is to really genuinely learn to forgive myself. Because you know what? Things happen, right? We get ourselves in situations. Some of us experience some not so good stuff, some very painful stuff. And we've got different levels of trauma, but we all have experienced trauma in our lives, whether that's big T trauma or little t trauma. But it's it it's how those effects then linger within us are the things then that will affect us in the long term. And I think the one thing that I, I can only speak for myself, but the one thing that I've learned around forgiveness is to, is to really reflect. So there's two, there's a number of things actually, I think is one is to reflect. Now we don't want to go necessarily, you know, we don't always need therapy or counseling. Some people might do, but not everybody does, but you can do a lot of journaling can be very helpful some tasks around journaling around why you haven't forgiven yourself versus what you would like to do regarding forgiving self. But I forgiveness is accepting the situation that's happened. And deep down, as Eastern philosophy would say, that there usually is a lesson in that. Now, I'm not talking about really horrific trauma like rape or abuse or like that but what I'm meaning is is that the things that we can control we can learn to forgive so for me that's the piece around as I've said listening deeply to yourself accepting that okay those people weren't very nice to me or I got bullied at school which I did and I got bullied in my earlier years and my older years as well in work and a range of other different things. I also got abused as well as a youngster, both verbally and physically. And I think for me, there comes a time when you have to say, okay, so some of that wasn't my responsibility. Some of that just was people were being mean and certain people took advantage and I was naive. But actually, can I look back on that time and instead of beating myself up, can I just accept it for what it was? And can I choose Or am I willing to choose to let it go? And I think that's the first step to forgiveness is to accept it happened and then choose or invite yourself to let it go. Because if you don't let it go, you'll keep going back to the emotional drama of the situation or the emotions that are attached to the experience. And and it's sometimes we get back stuck in that kind of cycle of going round and round and round. But if we can learn to accept and say okay it did happen I asked myself was there something I could have done you mentioned for example not speaking up absolutely I was the same could I have spoken up more could I have said things differently could I have used my own voice better rather than shying away and 
hiding away. Absolutely. And so again, you need to forgive yourself for that as well and say, okay, so why, instead of saying, well, why didn't you do it? Just say, okay, you didn't do it. But what have you learned from that experience that you can apply to your wider life now, which is to speak up, to use your voice, to not dim your light and to, to show up and to fully shine. I think that does take a lot of work and it takes a lot of commitment. It can be a slow process, but I think it's one that's worth going on in terms of the journey because the learning that you get. So through journaling, through receiving some some healing, maybe through Reiki or meditation and mindfulness can be very helpful. Working with a coach or somebody similar like that can be very, very useful. If you need therapy, go get some therapy. So there's lots of things that there's lots of tools and techniques and people who are qualified that can help. But I think the first thing is, is to accept that you're ready to move on from it and then accept it happened and then learn to let go of it. And then you can forgive yourself. Sorry to hear those things happen to you. What I want to add to that, again, is understanding that when you allow certain things to happen, because maybe there are things that you could have done, like speaking up, understanding that you were always doing the best that you knew how to do yep. at the time. And if you didn't Absolutely. speak up or do something, that's in the situation you were not in a position or you were not able to, and accepting that and forgiving that. But now you are... In adults, now you're in a different place and you can make a different decision because if you don't, you are just relieving that distance that was so long ago, you are relieving it every single day. Some of those experiences, if you have been bullied or any of those other kind of situations, I think realistically, it can be very difficult because you're right, you do carry it around with you. It stops you from really showing up in the world. It stops you from opening yourself up to new relationships, to new friendships. It stops you from kind of promoting yourself at work, maybe, and selling yourself in the way that you might want to, because you do genuinely feel that you're not good enough or you're not worthy. And that's quite tough when you realize that you have a choice to see the world differently or to think differently and to feel differently because it's your choice. Then that is very, very empowering and can be very, very liberating. It really is. Mm-hmm. And that's also where inner peace comes from. We think, oh, I'm going to get inner peace when... I have more money or I have a better job or something external happens when actually internal peace is an inside job and it comes from doing the healing work and choosing a different story. So can you share more about how to find inner peace? Oh, these are big questions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite sure I've got all the answers to these, but I can try and give you what I know from my experiences. I think the only way to find inner peace is to learn to calm your mind, to quieten the mind and to genuinely appreciate and accept where you are in your life. Because if you're always searching for something bigger and something better, then you're always feeling that you've got, you need to do something different or be somewhere else. And I think for me that true inner peace is when you, genuinely come back home to your true self. And I suppose that's what my book is about, is about that journey of coming back home to your true self, because we lose ourselves, as we've talked about already, and that conditioning and the experiences that we have in life take us away or or kind of lead us to a sense of disconnection of true self. And so when we decide to come back home 
to our true selves, then through the stuff that we've talked about already, then you can start to speak your truth. You can honor your truth and then you can live your truth, which is really about most probably not selfishly, but living life in full agency of who you are. And that's not being selfish. It's about being self-care. It's about listening to your needs and wants and desires and and being respectful of others' wants and desires and needs. But it is about being assertive in your life and saying, well, this is what I want. This is why I want it. And this is what I'm going to do to hopefully get me to the place where I need to be. And so I think, I think I've gone off at a tangent here, but I I hopefully have answered some of the question, I think. But I think the true thing is about coming home and being content with who you are and knowing that where you are at this moment in time is where you're meant to be for whatever reason. I can agree more with that. And we're going to put, of course, the link to your book in the show notes. And I do recommend everyone to go and check it out. And you also mentioned before there are three keys to transformational coaching, one being self-love. I'm really curious to know what the other two are. So the other two is acceptance and forgiveness. So I think we've talked about those. So yeah, so those are the things is friending yourself and self-love, acceptance. And I suppose acceptance and appreciation kind of go hand in hand for me. And then for, for forgiveness, for me, maybe there's an additional bit, which is again, just to, to speak your truth, to honor who you really are and not to... I'm going to say dim your light. So turn your light down because you feel you're worried about what people will think. If we all stay true to ourselves, then we can really shine and shine bright in the world. In our world, doesn't have to be the bigger world, but in our world, we can really find that peace within and and true transformation can take. I know we covered so much already. Is there anything else that you want to mention before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think it's been a really thorough conversation. You've asked me some really deep questions there. I hope I've done okay to answer them. But yeah, no, I don't think there's anything else I need to say. It's been one of my favorite conversations. <laughs> again, there are so many gems in this. And I know, I know that I'm going to listen to it again afterwards. I know the listeners are going to love it as well. And for anyone that wants to go deeper with this work and they want to work with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can get me on my website, which is www.fullcircleglobal.com or I've got www.jillianmcmichael.com, so either one. Alternatively, you can find me on Instagram at themastercoach, so the.master.coach on Instagram where I've got lots of tools and techniques and tips on there as well for people to follow if they if they want we're going to put all the link in the show notes and I do encourage everyone to go and check out your work and thank you so much for being here Gillian and for sharing your wisdom with us and thank you to everyone listening at home as well thank you so much thank you for listening to the treasures within podcast if you've enjoyed this episode if you found even one small nugget here to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business Share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now.